Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my show. I'm your host, Diana Bellarosa, award-winning and best-selling author, Fire and Ice, The Journey of Transformation, and The White Within. You can find out more about me on my website, dianabellarosa.com, as well as download my podcast from Block Talk Radio, iTunes, FM Player, and every place, Google Player, where uh, digital music is uh, distributed as well as podcasts. And today we have a very special lady, a warrior, which I admire so much, and uh, my dearest friend. Her name is Julie. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for being on my radio show. We cannot wait to hear your story, and you need to understand that I admire you so much. Thank you. I'm actually going to do the show with my real name. I need to come out of the closet. It's Joanne. Okay, Joanne, thank you so much, absolutely. Uh, Can you please tell us about yourself just a little bit and about what has been going on in your life, which I know is just absolutely horrible? Um, um, You know, I'm a 50-year-old woman. I, in about 2009, 2010, I wanted a divorce. I wasn't happy in my marriage. And... um, my ex-husband has, you know, very high-profile friends, very powerful friends, judicial, in the judicial system. And, I, you know, I said I wanted a divorce, and I actually angered his one friend. We had a restaurant one day, and weird things started happening. Um, customers would come into the restaurant and be rude and mean, and, you know, I just thought it was part of the business. And then... Um, he, my ex-husband would just get very mentally abusive behind closed doors, but we were in public, you know, we were the greatest couple ever. But behind closed doors, it was just horrible. And then, um, you know, I, I was in recovery from, you know, from, from addiction, and I started, I had relapse. And my doctor gave me Percocet for back pain, but looking back now, I was not I was not abusing the Percocet like a true drug addict. I was taking maybe two a day. Looking back now, I was being drugged. There's no doubt in my mind I was being drugged because when I went to rehab, his brother had passed away, and I, I just took a dark turn in a tailspin, and um, his brother had passed away, and I went into rehab afterwards. The withdrawal symptoms, I thought I was going to die. And looking back now, it was, you know, um, Gangstalk Long Island on Facebook. And looking back now, the doctor was from Long Island, and they never gave me any medication to detox. I detoxed cold turkey for 10 days. And it was a doctor that lost his medical license that was working at the rehab. And now looking back, somebody made a phone call, don't give her the medication. You know, this is all part of gangstalking. You don't figure it out right away. You don't know what's going on. It's kind of like they're prepping you to wear you down slowly for years. And, you know, to drive you crazy and to discredit you. And I I never knew this until this has been going on 10 years. So I've only really started noticing, um, realizing all this in the past three when they let me know 
that I was being gangstalked. Um, so I, you know, I got sober and it was very hard getting sober. And the first year and a half getting sober, the cravings were so intense. It was like I was sitting on my hands and fighting cravings. Looking back now, I was being drugged to relapse, to lose my children, to go through, you know, he didn't want to pay alimony. He didn't want to pay child support. And I am the third woman that divorced a Greek man that I've heard this happen to. And I love Greeks. But this typical, this one Greek group of people does not like me at all. Because of things I said, I was set up, so back, go back to 2010, um, a con man was brought into my life, which I did not know at the time, by his Greek community fell in love with me. I was separated. I'm coming out of this horrible, you know, hard marriage. Because I did love this man very much. He was a great provider. I loved him. But behind closed doors, nothing. I couldn't do anything right. Nothing could make him happy. Um, so this comment falls, you know, allegedly falls in love with me. Finally, I introduce him to my children. My daughter, the one thing she wants most in the world is a horse. This man promises my daughter a horse. And this is, um, you know, and I'm in the Percocet addiction. The man takes off and never shows the horse. And now mommy's a drug addict and has to go to rehab. So who is the savior in this situation? This was totally set up by him and this group of people to make me look like, the, you know, the horrible mother, the drug addict mother that did this to her child to pay half the child support. I found this out. You know, it's the grooming process, you know, before a real takedown of gang stalking. This is the new divorce. Welcome to the new divorce of, you know, 2020, 2010. Um, So what else happened was um, going to my divorce, I was recommended an attorney. Came very highly recommended. So this woman, I went to her. And, we, you know, I, I, my name was never put on the house. My name was never put on the business. And she wanted me to sign this really shitty deal. And the papers were drawn up. And I'm like, my gut was telling me, do not sign this deal. Do not sign this deal. And I'm like, is this the best? And I'm asking her, is this the best deal I could get? Is this the best deal I could get? She wouldn't answer me. So I called a friend of mine, and I'm like, who is your attorney? I need another opinion. And I went to see this other man, and he said, you're not signing these papers. It was the worst deal ever. It was like $30,000 after 20 years of marriage. That's all I would get. And with no, you know, barely any alimony and barely any child support. So I was right. He was, she was working under the table for my ex-husband and his judge friend. And then when I found this out, my daughter mysteriously passes out and gets wheeled through the ER doors. And the first person I see is this woman attorney, like, threatening me, you better shut your mouth. You know, these are all the crazy things. Um, that I, and I, I only spoke about it once in my car and two days later on, this happened Easter Sunday of 2017 of last year. You know, I mentioned it to my friend that maybe that was the case. I didn't, you know, and I forgot about it until I thought my, until my daughter mysteriously passes out. And as soon as she gets real through the ER doors, there's my attorney. Like, you better shut your mouth. And this gang stalking is every day. It's relentless. It's, it's car mobbing. They, you know, they try and get you to a car accident every day. You go to pull in your driveway, they'll pull up your, your ass. I've had, you know, his friends are so powerful. And don't 
don't even think that he doesn't have, you know, law enforcement friends that love him, you know, in the Greek community that put me on a fusion center terrorist watch list, you know, to take away, you know, my validity and, you know, and this is part of six years of drugging me, setting me up, filming me, setting up conversations to get me to say certain things, to take away my credibility, to make me look crazy, to my therapy sessions were taped through my phone. Those therapy sessions were taken to the, anybody I talked bad about to ruin those relationships to get me isolated. And then I had a tummy tuck in 2015 that I was literally handicapped for two years when I couldn't walk. And, um, and August 15th, 2017 is when I knew they let me know that's when the threats really started. I was out of my family's lake house and, um, the most horrible thing. So I was by myself for nine days and Cars, I mean, really bad. Cars would almost hit me. I would be in Walmart, and people would come running up behind me. Uh, One woman ran a shopping cart into my hip. And um, I would go into a store, and all of a sudden there'd be 20 people in front of me. Uh, My next-door neighbor, this new guy painting his house, was going to park my nephew's jet ski, and all of a sudden pulls it into the rocks, and rocks go in and break the jet ski. You know, and then I have to pay $400 to get it fixed, and I get it back, and it's not fixed right. So, and then driving home from that lake house for five hours, I was put five-hour car mob where I was harassed, cursed at, spit at, screamed at, had things thrown at my car, and that's the day they let me know that I, I was being terrorized. And it hasn't stopped for three years. So that was three years ago this August. So within that three years, I found out, you know, my tenant, who I thought was my friend and I was very good to, she never really, she went from homeless to paying $1,200 a month rent. I don't think so. This woman was drugging me because I kept relapsing and then I would have to go back to rehab and get sober. And I, like, I couldn't figure out why is it so hard to get sober this time? Until last August, I took a urine test. My urine came up positive for PCP and Xanax that I never took. That was horrific. PCP and Xanax that I never took, and she was the only person I was around. Can you imagine? Yeah. Then um, I had last last. Thanksgiving, I had six flat tires from Thanksgiving to April. But the worst of the worst is um, this last April, I was drugged in a hotel room. And you'll see my, my pictures on Gangsmoke Long Island, Long Island on Facebook. And I'm sorry, it's a, it's a disturbing account. But I'm documenting it for other women. Because nobody will help me. I, I woke up to two men standing over me. And I just nodded back out. I don't know what they did to my scalp, but I drove to Vegas. I was harassed on the road three days in Vegas. I was harassed in Las Vegas. I tried to move to get away from it. And my scalp was in so much pain that I had to shave my head. My entire scalp is completely scarred since April. Finally, in July, a doctor at St. Francis Hospital over here in Manhasset 
cut something out of the top of my head. We don't know what it is. But it should not have been there. And there's still something else in the back of my head. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. Um, There's a hole in the back of my head with something plastic around it that I can't grow hair since April. You know, because the doctor that botched my tummy tuck, he also botched my nose. And um, something's also going on with my breasts right now that he did that is very unethical. And I found out. So what, what, what do you do when you find out, when, when a woman finds out that she was so unethically treated, you put her on a fusion center list. You know, my brother-in-law is involved in this, and his best friend has Donald Trump's cell phone number. Nobody's going to help me. You know, his, his you know, daughter-in-law's son works in the fusion center in Manhattan. Nobody's going to help me. I went to the police to make a statement. You know, I had an NYU doctor, that, you know, validate that I was humanly medically trafficked. I have scars all over my head. I went to make a police report, you know, and I had a run-in with this doctor threatening me that I took a drive to Nassau and did something just as unethical back to him. And you know what they said to me? They were like, do you like to drive to Nassau? What medication are you on? Because I put myself in a psychiatric ward to get safe from this stalking, from the break-ins, from the, I mean, I have been drugged five times in my home from these people. I was drugged in the psych ward by two women, gang stalkers, that came in after I signed myself, because I'm having anxiety and depression. It's, I mean, you know what? I will bet I had anxiety and depression because my kids' lives were getting threatened every time they were in my car. They were trying to sideswipe their side of the car. been horrific every day now lately for the past six months i'm getting chemicals sprayed on me in public you know today i left an office building i a two two, a truck and a man walked by me i thought i was going to have a heart attack you know and, and it's called covert you know no touch torture these people know what they're doing i heard you know now i'm finding other people on long island that have been through it and it's been going on here supposedly for 20 years. So my ex-husband, his, you know, Greek community, his little community, and his law enforcement friends and his judge friends know all about it, along now with the medical community of the doctor that totally, you know, I don't know what happened. So now, because all this was found out, let's totally drug her, harass her, make her look crazy, put her on a terrorist watch list, so we we could unvalidate anything that's happened to her or anything she says about us, and get you know let's pay, not pay child support and pay like less alimony. This is exactly what happened to me. And it's you know the new creep, boys and creepy girls club. Nobody's going to help me, and they made that very clear. So where do I go from here? I mean, you see. My head, you see my skin, the holes in my skin. And the crazy thing is I have holes at every joint, my hands, my elbows, my knees, the back of my neck, my shoulder blades, my hips. I found a scar, and I posted on Facebook, at the base of my spine to the bottom of my tailbone. When did I get that scar? I didn't authorize that scar. 
this is so medically unethical, and because of what I did with the doctor and what happened, nobody's going to help me. But you know what? What what happened to me first was so unethical, but nobody's going to admit that. And nobody's going to care with what I did, but they don't know the two years of harassment I suffered before that and the threats that were on my child. And they don't care. Because, it's you know, it's the boys' club. They don't care. You know, it's the boys' club with the girls, but it's, it's you know, it's the boys' club. It's the medical community. Don't talk. You know, and then I start driving home, I see one of his friends that he totally bad now. So bizarre. You know, so I just look like the craziest person on Long Island. I was totally gang stalked out of my town because I look like the psychotic drug addict that they don't know my tenant was fucking drugging me. Excuse my language. I'm so sorry. That's okay. But, you know, it's just that's the truth. You know what? And all these people have been doing this to me. This is the truth. And you know what? They don't care. Nobody cares. Because of the videos they Mm -hmm. have. Because of, you know, but it was totally set up for this. For my takedown. It was totally set up to not pay as much alimony. I didn't even get half. If I got half, I'd be dead already. And the fact that I went to his mother... And I said, why is he doing this to me? And she says, I don't know. I told him to stop. Two days later, my sister had a stroke. And he took off to Atlantic City. And then a girl with red hair walked past my house, like, F you. How bizarre is that? It's so heavy. Yeah. This is terrible. Absolutely. It's a criminal activity and it's underground criminal activity and it's just not not okay. You know, I, wrote, I wrote the White House in April. I got a response. No one's helped me because they have friends there. Yeah. They have friends everywhere. It's so... A lot of people are suffering the same way you're suffering, and I'm part of all this also. And it's absolutely, uh, you know, unacceptable. Just because you want to get away from a marriage, you want to divorce somebody, you know, it doesn't mean that you need to be terrorized or things implant in your body, you know, and uh, all of this to happen because this, again, is a criminal activity. There should be a law that should should protect women and something like this should, uh, you know, should put all the people involved in it in jail. This is absolutely unacceptable. I cannot believe this is happening in America. It's just absolutely, absolutely horrible. And And then I was warned that they would have a body double, and this was scary, like say or do something, to get me even more on, like, some kind of terrorist watch list that, you know, people look alike and crazy things happened in casinos. This was at my, during my niece's wake. My niece died of an overdose in March. I was even threatened at her wake. I was flying in first class on the way to her, her funeral. I go to the bathroom. I'm flying with my handicapped sister. I come back from the bathroom. My first class seat is cut open. It even happened on an airplane. The picture's on my site. 
so scary. Yeah, I know. I believe you. This is totally unacceptable. I don't know what kind of a humans we are among, but it's uh, really very disturbing, you know, to to be in this kind of a situation. It's absolutely disturbing. I'm sorry you're going through this, and believe me, so many women, and I have my share of terrorizing me. And they usually hire drug users, you know, who are so into the drugs, you know, to do the, the work. They install cameras, they terrorize your animals, they get in and out. Also veterans, they do this with the veterans because they're really very good, you know, trained to go through electronics and they know what to do. So um, they install cameras in women's apartments and, you know, they, they do horrible things or they catch you having sex with somebody and then they put it all over media places to, you know, degradate you or humiliate you. They do horrible, horrible things. And just because, yeah. you know, they say, yeah, you need to obey your men. What the heck is that? This is absolutely unacceptable. Right. I can't believe how many people are going through it. Yeah. You know, it's you read you read so many, you know, so many different things of who is doing it. You know, one group thinks it's the cops the firefighters and the Freemasons. Then another group thinks it's private security companies. Then another group thinks it's the mafia. And then another group thinks it's, you know, crime, gangs and drug addicts. You don't know what to believe. All of them are involved in all of this. That's what I can tell you. All of them. Say that again? All of them? All of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, You know what? I'm starting to agree with you. You know, a woman in the hospital, she worked at the hospital, she saw the back of my head, and she's like, I think it's the government. And I'm like, what? You know, I don't know what to think. She's like, she looked at my head, she goes, I think the government did that to you. And I'm like, "Uh, no, I think it's the medical community that I pissed off. I don't know. I don't know what to think. It's just terrible that so many women, and the majority of us are women, defenseless women that are going through this. Just because you don't want to live with the abuser, you don't want to, you know, to um, expose yourself to his verbal abuse so he can build his manhood on you, you know, and because uh, still, you know, the country is ruled by men, mostly men, and I honestly uh, don't tell, I cannot call them men because a real man would never do something like this, and we need men, we need gentlemen, yeah. Because if you're a real man, you're going to be intelligent and you're going to handle this in the best possible way and you're going to love yourself and think about yourself and say, hey, there is something going on in this family, it's wrong and we need to separate and we need to do it in the most you know, intelligent way so for the sake of our children and most of men, they're not men. I'm sorry, I don't call this man. This is absolutely right. not a gentleman, yeah. You know, it's the so it's thing really disturbing. Is, yeah, my ex is—he's a great boss. He's a great father. He's a great friend. He's a terrible husband. He even admits it. It was a nightmare. And seeing him, you know, be so great with other people, and then I guess the one person that tried to get the closest to his heart—it was abusive. And I'm, but I'm starting to hear that from other men too. You know, like his business, his, his restaurant's amazing. You know, he's an amazing dad. It's the way his employees love him. And, right, and he's good at it. 
one thing. It's like he's just. I saw. I used to tell him you could be a hitman. You have no emotion, and he would, you know, joking around. But I was. They knew exactly what they were doing to set me up to be taken down. This was so strategic. It was so, so thought out of how to take me down, to get me hated in my community, to make me look like a like, crazy drug addict, to make me look like a terrible mother. You know, my tenant never went, you don't go from homeless to paying $1,200 a month. You don't. You know, and just mm-hmm. for PCP and Xanax to come up in my system that I never took, you know, to be drugged at eight months sober to make me relapse on purpose, you know, I had to sign my state. They, they re-addicted me. I had 12 years sober when all this started. You know, so do I have to take responsibility? Yes, because I did it. But there's no doubt in my mind, really, where the rehab I was in was a Long Island doctor, and they didn't give me, they didn't give me the medication to withdrawal. I had a cold turkey. You know how painful that was? So all these people on Long Island are connected. And they very well, they, a lot of them know what's going on with me, and nobody will help me. That's and how that's they discredit you. Yeah, Absolutely. because they say it's a drug addict. Yeah, that's what they do to people who never took uh, drugs. They, they send these people in your house. They go through your step. They put drugs. And I, I experienced this in my house. I had people from a drug rehab come in and put uh, things in my house. And I found out one day when some, one of the drug addicts, uh, you know, came to me and said, are you okay? Are you normal? And I said, what are you talking about? Because I had no idea. I was feeling something normal with my body, but I had no idea. I'm vegan. I don't drink. And can you believe for me to take drugs? For God's sake, I hate drugs more than anything in the world, you know. I'm so upset, so furious, and I'm going to continue to pursue this. And they meet you on, on the street and they say, are you on drugs? Are you high? Can you they believe you up and what then kind of a, yeah, yeah. What kind of a country do we live if we allow people like this to, to do this to somebody? Oh, when I was in it's absolutely unacceptable. Myself, the harassment, yeah, the harassment was the worst when I was in an apartment by myself. A detective lived above me. He was part of it. He moved in a week. The week he moved in, I had a slice in my ceiling. It was horrific. Him and yeah, and the three surround, two surrounding apartments. It was a nightmare. I couldn't wait. I I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna feel so safe. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me. That I had to flee my apartment. I believe you. I believe yeah. you. I was harassed so severely they, here in my apartment. Yeah, there. I'm getting altered in my sleep. It happens in my sleep. I'm getting drugged in my sleep. I was drugged in that apartment before he moved in. I was so. It was. So, I was so harassed. I had to flee that apartment. That I went to live in my my friend's camper, and this is how like the town of Babylon is so involved in this where I used to live, they, they hate me because of my ex-husband and, you know, all his high-powered judge friends, attorney friends and law enforcement friends, you know. And um, the day I wake my niece, I get a phone call that I'm homeless, that the town of Babylon came, and uh, they have to get the trailer off the property. I drove by there last week. The camper is still on the property. And then one of my mother's Greek friends set me up in another torture chamber apartment. I walked into the apartment. These things that are eating through my skin in Lindenhurst, New York, 
I walked in, and as soon as I walked in, from the light, from the light above my head in the kitchen, went right through my back. My whole back opened up and bled. So all these people know about it. But because of what they put me through, because of the drugging, because of whatever PCP they were giving me, driving me crazy, you know, they'll drive you crazy and then point the finger at you, nobody's going to help me. Because I'm just a, you know, POS, recovered drug addict that nobody cares about. He got the kids. He doesn't have to pay child support anymore. Alimony's almost done. I don't think, you know, it's all about the money. Yeah. And we're at the end of the show. I don't want the show to end. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about it again. And we have been talking for a while. Thank you for being on my show and sharing your story. And for the listeners, uh, you can download the podcast on iTunes and Block Talk Radio. Please push subscribe. Thank you so much for being on my show. And we, I'm Thank going to have you again. Me. Please stay safe. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome.